Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Jan Goldstein. I'm back here with you on our weekly podcast of All That Matters. And thank you so much for being here. Um, Blessings across this great land and across the world. Uh, So happy to be amongst the many podcasts that are being listened to um, and being discussed and uh, I'm particularly uh, thrilled to uh, hear from some of our newer listeners. Again, you can go to jangoldstein.com anytime and read about my novels and uh, my two works of nonfiction and, of course, the podcast itself. Um, I'm thrilled about this because this podcast is just uh, a few episodes away from our 50th podcast. episode uh started a year ago and we've been doing this every week and to have many of you listeners sharing and telling me how touching it is and how moving or how it's allowed you to reframe things how it's allowed you to find that life can be this good even in the midst of um struggles and um sort of reinventing ourselves and speaking of reinventing ourselves i wanted to share the story a little bit of uh someone who uh really impacted me, but I would never have uh, known him uh, until he reinvented himself uh, or come to know his work. Um, He was born Fred Kittle Jr. and um, born in in Pittsburgh. And he had um, an African-American mom who uh, cleaned houses and he had a German Caucasian dad, um, who basically left him when he was when he was young, and uh, and this boy struggled. He grew up struggling with his uh, position in his family and his uh, biracialness, um, because everywhere he went, he, he wasn't accepted. And they moved, uh, his mom later remarried, and they moved to Oakland. Uh, And they were in a largely white section of town, and um, Fred just couldn't fit in anywhere, was constantly being picked on. Uh, He eventually, uh, of course, grew up and ended up quitting school at one point, and... um, toyed with becoming a writer. He was very taken with blues music and certain writers that really impacted him. And his mom wanted to become a wanted him to become a lawyer. How many moms want us to become lawyers? Mm. Um, and that's nothing against the lawyers in the world, uh, male or female. Uh, it's just that it's interesting how many people at a, at least in certain generations, wanted your, you're either going to be a doctor or a lawyer or, a, you know, a certain profession. And that was just, I think, people dreaming ahead for their children, wanting them to have something that they thought had respectability, particularly when you grew up in a very different kind of life um, with great economic struggles. And they saw that that job as, as, um, as attaining a certain respectability and a certain economic status, certainly. But uh, Fred didn't want any part of that and uh, and started searching for his own way in, in life. And 
it's a way, a, a search, I think, that ended up coming through in his writing because Fred um, began changing himself and taking on a voice and connecting with one part of his identity more strongly than the other. And that was the African-American side. And he began to feel his blackness, um, as he would put it in a, in a, in a very deep and, and, and in a, in a way that allowed him to find who he was within the context of his life and where he fit in. And so he changed his name and he took his mother's maiden name, Wilson, and he decided to get rid of the Fred and use his middle name, August. And August Wilson began writing and particularly writing for the theater. And... In his writing for the theater, he began a process by which he not only was bringing to life the voices of the people he heard, particularly all around his neighborhood growing up in in Pittsburgh, um, and beginning to trust their vernacular, as he uh, put it, uh, as he talks about his writing. Uh, He would talk about, he didn't really he wasn't really a good writer of dialogue, he said at the beginning, because he kept trying to change the way people spoke. He, he thought he could give it a different feeling or, or elevate the, 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 the dialogue in a different way until he learned to truly respect and honor his characters. And then he said it came to him. He began to hear the beauty and the power of the vernacular of his characters, the people he was writing about. But he was also, I think, in his writing, searching for himself. And I I think that each and every one of us, and what I want to connect us to, is in search of that, in search of who we are, where we fit in. And that may be something different at one point in our life from another point in our life. In other words, we go through a series of reinventions. At least if we're creatively connected to the world around us, we are reinventing ourselves. Why we're getting new input all the time. We're having putting out artistic vibrations, both from ourselves and coming at us from the world around us, and how it's impacting us. Now, the truest part of ourselves may always remain the same, but certain parts of ourselves, or the way we react, or the way we deepen, or the way we grow roots um, in 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 a soil that we keep adding to within ourselves. That's part of how we. Uh, life can be this good to me is 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 the possibility that it, it it isn't stasis it it's a constant dynamic and in one of his plays joe turner's come and gone um august wilson uh writes this incredible speech it's about a man who's searching for his wife and his daughter and he's been Oh, forced into all kinds of manner of degradation in terms of slavery and how he broke broke free and how he's been now searching for himself. And he comes uh, across in this meeting house, he comes across as he's searching for his wife and daughter, uh, really searching for himself, 
um, he meets this guy, Bynum Walker, who is a sort of seer, a sort of magician, a sort of soothsayer, a sort of, you know, this just kind of magical elderly human being who by having lived life and learned from life is able to dispense a certain kind of wisdom and to see life in a certain way. And he looks at this, this character's name is Harold Loomis, who is searching for his wife and child. And, and there is something missing about him and Bynum sees it. Bynum Walker sees it. And he, he says the following, Mr. Loomis done pick some cotton. Ain't you, Harold Loomis? You done picked a bunch of cotton. I can tell from looking at you. My daddy taught me how to do that. Say when you look at a fellow, if you taught yourself to look for it, you can see his song written on him. Tell you what kind of man he is in this world. Now, I can look at you, Mr. Loomis, and see you a man who done forgot his song, forgot how to sing it. A fellow forget that, and he forget who he is. Forget how he's supposed to mark down life. Think about it. He tells him, you're a man who forgot your song. And that clicked with me because if you followed these episodes, you may have heard my episode in which I told you about growing up and encountering Maria von Trapp in my home state of Vermont and how we had connected. And I won't go into all that. I hope you'll go back and listen to that episode uh, or I'll refer to you at some point. But um, at one point in my life as a teenager, I have, after learning songs, she taught me um, this older matriarch of this von Trapp family Uh, She told me, Jan, what you need now, or she'd say it in her accent, what I need now for you to do is to find your song, Jan. You're a a young man. And when you find your song, I want you should sing it with your whole life. She told me I needed to find my song, and now I hear August Wilson in this wonderful speech and Joe Turner's Come and Gone talk about a man who lost his song and that he has to find his song in order to be whole. Well, I think that's true for each and every one of us. We have to find our song. And that song may change over our lives. What what vibration of music within us that allows us to become what we are meant to be, who we're meant to be. Whatever that is in our role as a parent or a, uh, in our role as a sibling, in our, our role as a partner, in our role as a brother or sister, son or daughter, in our role as a friend, in our role as a creative human being, in all of these different roles, we have a part to play. And it's all about wrapping ourselves around our song, a song that vibrates within us, obviously a metaphor for finding our essence. And so I challenge all of you in the week ahead to look for that essence inside of yourself. Say to yourself, what what is my song? What is the song? What is the musicality of my soul? What is it that sets me afire? What is that of which I am passionate about and that that contains my song? I just think that August Wilson reinvented himself and in so doing found himself. 
I had the great opportunity to meet August Wilson very fleetingly. I was in Los Angeles attending a performance before it went to Broadway of King Hedley II, one of his 10 plays that he wrote, the, the cycle of the last century, this century cycle. He wrote a play for each decade of the century, and he set his characters in some story in that decade. The more famous ones are Fences and the Piano Lesson, each of which he won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for, and that you may have seen either on television or film, Denzel Washington's production recently, with a wonderful performance by Viola Davis in it. But this was called King Henley II, and I attended it, and I came out at intermission, and I found a lone man standing there smoking a cigarette off on the side, and I recognized him. And I walked over and I said, Mr. Wilson, I just wanted to tell you uh, how much your writing means to me. And I had a question about this play. And I asked him about something in the plot that a character was doing in the play and asked him what it meant. And he just looked at me very calmly and said, well, I'm not going to do all the work for you. What do you think it means? And that little interchange taught me a lot that theater and art and life itself is very personal and subjective, and we have to bring ourselves to it. It's not enough for the playwright to feed it to us or for God or for some artist or others to deliver to us meaning. We have to make the meaning. We have to run it through our song and our inner soul and bring out meaning. And so I challenge you this week to do that. When we find our song, man, we are on fire. And we have that opportunity each and every day, each and every week. This past year, we have been reinventing ourselves. And now is the time to put our minds and our passions together and to celebrate that opportunity. Here's to your finding your song. Here's to your singing it with your whole life. Here's to reinvention. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. You continue to inspire me. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters. Thank you.